0: Locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day. Let's go. Time to talk some Hornets, wrapping up the week here on a Friday. Welcome in to Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore fan. I'm Doug Branson, joined by David Walker, who, fun fact, once offered Kevin Durant nachos, but it did not work out near as well as the kid that did it at the Golden State home game. Too
2: many jalapenos, that's what he said.
1: Well, to be fair, David, you were, you were at his house, and, and your pants were down. But, but you did.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, it was a pool party.
1: <laughs> Too many jalapenos. Uh we've got a great show and we always we're always a little silly on Friday because uh you know we've we've been working hard covering the Hornets all week. We we always save the best show for Friday because that's when the hardcore of the hardcore Hornets fans are really listening. We are part of the lockdown. and by the way thank you for listening. If we don't say that enough, we apologize. We appreciate every single listen, every single retweet. Uh it helps our tiny little show uh grow into what it has become. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Panthers fans, head over to iTunes after the show and subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed and get ready for this weekend. NBA fans, make sure to check out Locked On NBA with host David Locke. David right now is going through his season previews for every single team. It's a good chance to get to know the rest of the Locked On Network and also get ready for the 2016-17 season that is Fast approaching. If you have a question, a comment, or you want to sponsor the show, email us at buzzbuzz at Let's start uh, the Hornets back at practice again yesterday. Head coach Steve Clifford, happy with the results, called it an intense practice, and seemed like he's having a good time with this group, which... I don't think is any kind of show for the media, David. Steve Clifford, generally an honest guy. He comes from the Van Gundy school of dealing with the media in a very direct and honest way. He doesn't really put on airs. Stan Van Gundy, his former boss, I don't know if you read about this, David, not happy with the Pistons right now not letting them dribble the basketball in practice except under certain circumstances because he's so upset with their ball movement. So I think if, if Clifford were fundamentally upset with something going on with the Hornets right now, he would let the media in on it. But right now, everything seems to be on the right track.
2: That's interesting. That sounds like uh, some of the basketball camps I went to growing up where you had to pass the ball at least four times. Before anyone shot it, so that's hilarious that he is going that way. I wonder if he's just downplaying it with all the with all the hype surrounding that team. But uh, it's great to hear from Clifford. I mean, certainly for him to come out and say that, and for for this team to be that comfortable with, with each other right now is, is, is can't be anything but a good sign. I don't think.
1: Yeah, and they're getting more comfortable because they have guys returning from injuries, early injuries in camp. Cody Zeller continuing to practice fully, contact, which is a great development because with those type of bone bruises, it seems like it's all about how the knee responds after activity. It's not so much about how the knee does you know, when you're in the middle of practice. It's about the next day you wake up, is there soreness? But Cody Zeller getting back out there for a second straight day, so that's a a very good sign. Uh, No Brian Roberts, the third-string point guard, is dealing with a hamstring issue. He did play in that last preseason game against Minnesota, but apparently uh, there was uh, some, some feeling there with that hamstring, and they're being extra careful with him making sure that they have point guard depth heading into the season. That seems to be a priority for this Hornets team. Jeremy Lamb also spoke to the media and giving David what I thought was definitely the most interesting thought of the day and maybe the most interesting thought of this entire Hornets camp or preseason period. Let's take a listen to that clip.
2: Early in um, camp, I remember one day I came in and and I said uh, I didn't feel like practicing and I end up Spraining my ankles, so uh, you never want to pr- you never want to practice until you can't. So I had to sit out a couple practices, and after that, I realized that I just got to come in every day, um, you know, ready to get better. Because you know, words are powerful, and you know, th- you can definitely speak you know things into existence. So just coming in with a mindset, getting better, um, using every opportunity. You know, don't take anything for granted. Just give it all I got. Um, It's really the mindset I've been trying to um, have every day, whether it's
1: a game or a practice, um, because you never know when it can be taken away. So, Jeremy Lamb, very honest there after practice, David. There, there are a couple of different ways you can look at what Jeremy Lamb said. Uh, First, let's set. A lot to unpack. Yeah. Well, let me let me set the scene, and then and then I'll throw it to you. So. Jeremy Lamb comes into this off season with a lot to prove. He didn't play a lot last in the latter half of last season, didn't play all and didn't play at all in that playoff series against Miami. And it seemed a lot of that had to do with his, um, with his mindset, his focus, his ability to be able to be ready to play his, uh, his conditioning. And there, there were a lot of issues that led to him not playing. So he comes into this off season with a lot to prove after the Hornets gave him an extension Last season, so he's you know he's on he's on the books for a few years david what what do you think about what Lamb had to say there?
2: Well, this reminds me of when, like you said, he came into camp and said he dedicated this off season more than he had in the past to being in shape and I thought about that at the time was odd because he had been in Oklahoma City with two guys in Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, among other guys who I'm sure worked their butts off. Who do nothing but think about being in shape for basketball, think about getting better at the game, you know, practicing and and playing hard all the time, and apparently that none of that transferred over. So he brought none of that while he was sitting on the bench. Didn't learn anything from them, or at least didn't put it into practice until this year uh, when he got the contract. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's it's a little alarming to be honest with you, Doug, uh, to come in and 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 not be prepared at this late stage, I guess, in in his chance to prove himself. You know what I mean? We talked about it this week a little bit. The book is beginning to be written on Jeremy Lamb, and you can kind of see why some of these hopes for for folks that hope that he would be a, a, a legitimate player in the NBA haven't come to fruition because he hasn't put in the work. I mean, I don't know how else you can say it other than to say he hasn't put in the work when he's not been able to play in the games, and that's honestly a little concerning.
1: Damn it, David. You know, just when I thought we were going to disagree on this, we ended up, I was like, this is the one thing I think that David and I are going to to not agree you think on. I'd be
2: like, yeah, I like his uh, attitude. Well, because, <laughs> and
1: I say that, yes, because I think when you hear that, if you just hear that played on its own, you think, man, you know, Jeremy Lamb getting some perspective, getting injured in, in camp and and understanding, oh man, this can all be taken away from me in a moment. Um, Yeah, maybe he's turning a corner. But then if you place that alongside what he said at the beginning of camp, he came in saying, look, I see all these guys, my friends who are playing in Europe, you know, who had a chance to play in the NBA. And now they're trying to fight their way back, you know, and he said sort of the same thing that I that all of this can can go away. And and then. You hear that and he says some, it's sort of, (laughs) it's strangely reminiscent to uh, what Ben Wickery for the Panthers said, except that was a game situation in which he got torched in a very important game. And this is, this is training camp. But Jeremy Lamb saying there that, you know, he came into practice, not wanting to practice. Then he sprains his ankle Mm. in practice and, and suddenly has this epiphany, but it's the second straight epiphany that he's had. Or, or third straight if you count during the offseason when he said he needed a different mindset, and you start to wonder, like, what is it going to take? And, right, and maybe, exactly. look, benefit of the doubt, maybe this is it. Maybe he maybe. does, and he's played, Yeah, I think in the past couple of games at least, he's, you can see there's there's development happening. He's not totally locked in for four quarters, but there is development happening and certainly if if you're a fan of the Hornets and you want the Hornets to do well, Jeremy Lamb needs to play well. He's going to be a key component on that second unit. Uh, but this I think it's one of those things where you go how many how many opportunities does a guy need? How many, you know, signs from the heavens does a man need to finally turn the corner? And yeah. so I think that's the that's the hey. big concern here.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is this Doug that day, he sprained his ankle. What were they, two weeks into training camp or something?
1: Yeah, close to... Well, I believe yeah. it was right at the end of the first week, I think.
2: Right. So, I mean, but but point being, they weren't in February. They weren't in the dog days of the season, right? And right. from all we've heard... I mean, that's... They, yeah, it's supposed to be the time
1: when people are, like, really excited to get back into the swing of things. And I know, right. look, I, I'm not... I've never been in an NBA practice, and I'm sure it right. is intense... And on the body in a way that I have never experienced. Totally.
2: But at the totally. same time,
1: that's your job. You're a you are a well, professional. Same,
2: right, right. And, yeah. And I yeah, I wanna yeah, we we are not NBA players. We never have been. I know it's a grind. We know that. Uh, but we also know that from what we heard, this team was scrimmaging most of the time, right? At least early on. I mean, they were playing, and that's what most people like. I think the great ones do love practice. I think a lot of the players out there. Uh, who wanna be there do enjoy a lot of it. Not not all of it, not the drills, not not, not every big Alan of it, Iverson was not a
1: big fan, I don't think.
2: <laughs> that's true. That's true. So it's not across the board. But I mean he's not Alan Iverson. <laughs> all right. Okay. We've said this before. You I know Alan Iverson.
1: Things. I was friends with Alan Iverson. You sir are no Alan Iverson.
2: <laughs> right. So I mean it is some concern there are some concerning tones uh, we can unpack the full philosophical angle of it later if we'd like, but uh, I don't know. I guess all we can hope for, Doug, honestly, all you can hope for is that this is the epiphany that changes things around for him.
1: It is. It is. It's very honest. It's very human. It's very interesting. True. Every everything that that he had to say there, uh, and you just hope again that that it sticks. That you know he's serious about it this time, and we we know that if he's not, he won't play. I mean, that was evidenced last season. All right, preseason games continue for the Hornets. They will take the weekend to meet some fans on Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Spectrum Center. If you are interested in being one of those fans and participating in that event, you can RSVP on Hornets.com. The Hornets will play again on Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. versus the Chicago Bulls. That game will be broadcast on NBA TV. Yay! Yay! Then they play back-to-back against uh, the Miami Heat on Thursday at home. That tips at 7 o'clock p.m. After that, they travel to Minnesota to play the Timberwolves at Target Center. That tip set for 8 o'clock p.m. This is obviously a show about the Hornets, David, but we also want to keep you up-to-date on things going on around the league, and we've enlisted the help of one of the best, Adi Joseph from Sporting News, in a newly named segment, Around the association with Adi Joseph, we begin with a little talk about the collective bargaining agreement, the league and the players union rumored to be getting closer to a deal that would prevent a work stoppage next summer. That's good news. Take it away, Adi.
0: From, from what I can tell, it's not so much that they're close on, on the actual contract as much as they're very, cl- they're very certain that one way or another, they want to get it done. Um, that, they all realize that there is so much money involved and the sport is in such a good position. And, you know, this season we've seen the NFL ratings drop and we've seen, um, you know, massive societal changes in attitudes towards football and toward, toward, uh, you know, a lot of other things that, that have led the NBA to be in a position where it can maximize itself. And so, thankfully, the owners and the players have realized We can't blow that, and and they're going to work something out. And the question is, how much do either side have to hedge when the goal is just to make sure the deal gets done? Because if neither side has to hedge very much, then we might see a similar structure. But I do think both the owners and players would like to do something about max contracts, something that would prevent the next Kevin Durant situation. If Kevin Durant could have just been paid $15 million a year more than he was, if he hadn't been limited to the same contract that Mike Conley got to sign, then, then I think this can't happen. What what just happened this summer can't happen. So you see a benefit on both sides, and you, you, can, you can easily imagine the benefit there. You can also see, um, I know marijuana testing has been a major issue for the Players Association. They do not want players to be suspended for failing marijuana tests. I know the owners want to ensure some sort of um, way to make this whole D-League thing work and have players' rights there. And so you have all these different complex situations where I think those are they're very complicated, but they're very important. But at the same time, what's good that we've heard coming out of these agreements is both the players and the owners realize that while these are complicated, while these are important, while these will shape the future of the league, they're not more important than making sure that we're on court. And that's, that's a great thing to hear for fans, for media, for everyone.
1: It's interesting to think about marijuana use being used (laughs) as some kind of bargaining chip. Listen, we'll give you marijuana, but you got to give us something else (laughs) here. All right.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's essentially how these things work. And, uh, you know, it it is it is something that I think I think you're going to see players. The NFL players have been very very loud about it, um, about the use of marijuana as a medical for medical purposes for pain relief. Um, it's actually a pretty major issue, and a lot of players care about it, and a lot of players have been affected by it. You know, it, as Hornets fans saw last year, Al Jefferson was suspended for for marijuana use, and uh, I think. I think it's just a simple one. It is, it is. But you know, you just all those things get thrown into a pot, and uh, you try. Wait, thrown thrown into a
1: was that a pun? Thrown into a. (laughs) Listen, listen. We'll take we'll take marijuana, and you can have uh, max contracts and a hard cap, but. You have to yes. throw in a bag of Funyuns, and that's that's the last, <laughs> that's it, okay? All right, Adi, I'm going to get you out of here, but we're going to do a lightning round courtesy of my co-host, David Walker. He wanted to uh, throw a few questions quickly at you. First of all, are we set for a Cavaliers-Warriors final rematch? Yes. How far did the Miami Heat fall in the standings?
0: 11th, 13th, Whew. in the East.
1: What was the biggest mistake of the offseason?
0: Timothy got.
1: That's a good one. Uh, what needs to happen for Steph Curry to Charlotte, those rumors to start heating up? What has to happen?
0: Um, Joe Lacob has to sell the Warriors. They have to move. <laughs> And, uh, and
1: so a lot. Kevin
0: Durant has to fiercely declare that this is his team, and Steph isn't allowed to shoot anymore.
1: So you are saying there is a chance. There is a chance. All right. He's on Adi- the dumb dumber line. <laughs> He's Adi Joseph, deputy editor at Sporting News. You can follow him on Twitter at Adi Joseph. A D I Joseph. Adi, thanks for taking the time out to go around the association.
0: <laughs> Thank you for
1: having me. David, that's going to be a great segment all season. You know, before we went on, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and they did a Friday rolling with Mike Lombardi on the NFL. And now I realize, Adi, he's he's our Mike Lombardi. He is, he's an expert on the subject, and and he's just great to talk to. He is, he is our our friend and expert.
2: Exactly. So good and so nice to have somebody out there. You can just tap and say, hey, man. We need you. We need five good minutes from you. Um, How'd you like how I framed that Steph Curry question? Because I didn't want to go all in and just say, "Hey, you know, what are the chances Steph Curry ends up in Charlotte?" I wanted to get a real feel for you know what was out there, and I think we know that (laughs) it's going to take a lot.
1: It's going to take a well, and I think we've been very clear about that. That it's is not going to have anything to do with basketball if it happens. I mean, you know, he's going, he's going to want to know that he could win in Charlotte, but the, the emotional aspect of it all would be the main pull. Same as LeBron James, but here's the thing we don't even know. So the thing with LeBron James, when he went back to Cleveland, he wanted to be the general manager. Essentially, he wanted to bring his players, make sure that the guys that he wanted signed could be signed. And Dave, I think David Griffin, the the general manager of the uh, of the Cavaliers, was recently asked of all the players in the NBA who would make the best general manager, and he he said LeBron James, his own player, oh, his own player. Okay, so that. let that mill around. Yeah. But but I say that to, to say boss, this, right? David, we don't even know if that's if if Steph Curry really wants to to do that. You know, if if he wants yeah. to um, go to his hometown team. And then manufacture the team around him that he wants. He may just be like, okay, this is easy. I, I have the players that 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 are are I have the, all these awesome players in Golden State that I love to play with. It's already built and, and just and just hang.
2: And he can't lose. I mean we can break this down all season, I guess. but yeah, LeBron was in such a weird position because he left right left Cleveland left hometown went to the heat won. like Steph was drafted in golden state. He's kind of built that franchise up and it looks like the most amazing team of all time. So, <laughs> I mean, not a lot of motivation for him to want to get out of there. You know what I mean?
1: I totally, I totally understand. All right. It's Friday. We are gearing up for the weekend. David want to end on something fun. Mark Titus has a great article on the ringer called charges must go where he argues that charges in basketball, quote, are dangerous and make the game less fun. And the only people who think otherwise are either short, unathletic dudes who only hope, whose only hope on defense is to take them or stodgy traditionalists who are 4,000 years old. So pretty clear, David, how he feels about charges. It's a great article. You should go read it. Um, but how do you feel about people who take charges or the charge as a rule in the NBA?
2: Yeah, we should clarify. He's not saying... I don't think he was saying um, get rid of like offensive fouls, right? Correct. He just a lot of it. A lot of it was like help side defenders that are coming over out of nowhere, standing there, jumping up under a guy, uh, stuff like that. And I with, with as I've he put on, it,
1: "hands over their nuts."
2: Exactly. That's a quote from the article. I uh, <laughs> not Doug's words. I can agree. I couldn't agree more with this uh, rule because I've been watching basketball for the last five or six years, and they can't call it correctly. They can't call the charge right. A lot of times it's a dangerous play. A lot of times he's right; these guys are coming out of nowhere, um, or they're standing on the block, right? And it's a complete flop. The guy just, you know, turns around. The two guys are standing there on a post up move or something. A guy turns around, and they take a complete dive. It's it's too all over the place. I would be completely fine if they just removed this from the game. Went by a lot of his proposals in this article, and just just cleaned it up. It's it got to the point where it's such a messy play. You you have no idea where it's going. It's almost like football when we don't know what a catch is anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think the rest know what a charge is anymore. It's a bang bang play to their defend their defense. It's hard to call sometimes. It's it's a bang bang play. But I, I think it would be for the betterment of the game if you just got rid of it to the points that he made.
1: Yeah, the the charge is like your appendix if you still have it. Uh, it it was probably at one point evolutionarily necessary to have it, but now it is not. And it just sits there and at best it does nothing at worst, it uh, explodes inside your own body and you, you know, could die. So I, I, you know, I I think the charge is the same way it it used to, you know, they implemented it a long time ago for reasons, but now it's become something that, sort of strategy has made into something that's very un-basketball. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, again, offensive fouls, you don't, you don't want guys just completely, you know, LeBron James barreling over dudes to get to the rim. But, yeah, this whole uh, charge and restricted area, it just, seems, it just seems kind of weird. So I'm fine with with the charge leaving. But here's the question, David, what else would you like to see excised from the NBA?
2: Great question, Doug. I'm so glad you came up with this. Let me say one thing. I'm back on the charges real quick. I'm a charge proponent, or I was when I played. Okay. I hold the record for most charges taken in the season. Well, because so are you the short,
1: unathletic dude whose only hope on defense is to take them? Is that what you're saying? That's what you are? No, no,
2: no, 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 exactly. That's I'm saying the opposite. I was a proponent of them done the right way because all mine were one on one when I beat my man to the spot and took a shoulder to the chest. Okay. Um, now, what was the question? <laughs> 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 stuff I wanted to change? Yeah. Yeah, so so, so a lot of my stuff, Doug, is geared around speeding up the game. Like a lot of stuff we saw with uh, Team USA and the Olympic basketball this year was just a lot more pleasing to the eye. So I'm going to say get rid of these replays, at least in the, until they can figure out a good way to implement them and use them that's not clogging up the middle of these games.
1: All right, mine is going to be get rid of the in-arena DJ. Uh, a DJ's, oh. well, listen, no, listen, the DJ, a DJ is supposed to facilitate entertainment. Well, there's already entertainment. There's no need, the music, I don't understand it. Let's just, let's just watch the game. I don't, I don't know. The in arena DJ is like an appendix. Let me tell you why. <laughs> in my day, we never had the DJ. All right, all right. So the, here's my, here's my actual one. The three second rule. This was actually instituted in college basketball in 1936 to keep the game from getting too rough underneath. Not as I imagine a lot of people believe because I believe this that it was implemented to keep a dominant post player from becoming too dominant inside. It was actually to keep that underneath area from getting too physical. But it's to me the 3-second rule is confusing. Uh, nobody knows how it's supposed to be called. Everyone bitches about it and makes post player. It makes post players do meaningless things like reset, you know, their three seconds by Mm -hmm. getting a foot out of the paint. Uh, It's like those damn bicycles all over Charlotte. You know, about these things where you can rent a bicycle, it's called bicycle, but You have to you have to Yeah. You have to check the bike in every fifteen minutes. So you rent the bike because that's how bikes work, right? You know, you you have to you rent the bike and then you there are stations all over Charlotte and you have to check it in every fifteen minutes. It's ridiculous and that's why I hate (laughs) it (laughs) and that's why I hate the the thirty second rule.
2: Wow. Okay, so you want to take away DJs and the dunk shot. Okay, got it. Well, listen, Um, here's the thing.
1: If you take away the three-second rule, what happens? I mean, if it gets physical underneath, they're going to call it anyway. The game is called a lot tighter, and and I don't think there's any post-play. It would bring back some post-play, in fact. I think it would sort of counteract some of what we've seen with the three-point shot taking over the game.
2: Hey, to be honest with you, I think if they wanted to and they really look for it, it's kind of like offensive holding a football, right? They could call it on just about right. every other play, it seems like. So, I mean, I- I'm with you.
1: All right. Well, here's my fu- here's I my final. Throw- I wanna, I wanna, Go ahead.
2: Okay. I want to throw this one at you, Doug. Mm-hmm. The jump ball. Now, I, I am not I thought about a this. favorite because they can't do it. They can't do it mm-hmm. half the time. You know, it- it's-, it's-, it's rarely fair or looks fair. I, I don't know. If you want to go to the alternating, I mean that would be quicker for sure. Maybe one guy shoot for it.
1: Well, now here's here's the suggestion. You know the halftime thing that they do, where the kids put on the unusually large clothes, and then they have to run to the center to get the ball. That's what they need to do. They need to find. They need to put the point guard. (laughs) They need to find like the. They need to put the point guard in the center's uniform, and then they have to get to the center of the court and race for the ball. And whoever gets there first, that's who gets it. That's the. That's the winner.
2: That mm. mm. <laughs> goes against, I guess against my, my theories on speeding up the game, but I'm with it. All
1: right. Finally, let's get rid of the hardwood floors and just put trampolines there instead. Okay? I just want Slam Ball back. That's my, I oh, think that would really, life. does that make me, does that make me a criminal? I don't think so. Just bring Slam Ball back. Just one game. I miss it so much. I think
2: that's something we can we can all get get behind, for sure.
1: All right, thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets. Another great week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. And, hey, go to YouTube, that full interview with Adi Joseph catching you up on all the stories around the NBA, including Kevin Durant and Golden State. Go to youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets to view that entire Around the Association segment. Uh, and go to iTunes, subscribe to us while you're there, give us a five-star review, help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast, shoot us your Hornets questions, your thoughts to buzzbuzz buzz at lockdownhornets.com We're back next week with more coverage, including a preview Monday of this game in Chicago. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America, let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like
0: to stay up late and watch TV, don't play?